times that we feel that we are in the deep darkness or in despair. And we thank God that we can read the Bible and we can read and know the stories of real people who experience such despairs as well. We read in Psalm 88, 1 to 18, this psalmist who just expresses despair and is praying or he was pleading before God to escape from such despair. In verse 1 and 2, Psalm 88, verse 1 and 2, we read, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my crying. Obviously, the writer is overcome with trials and seeing no way out of the situation. That's why in desperation, he prays daily to his God. And he sees himself at the brink of death so that he expresses despair for being destined for doom. No hope at all. He became very despairing. In verse 3 to 5, we read, For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. Sheol is the place of the dead. Verse 4, I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave. So his description is that he was hopeless. He was already in a place where he was counted as one among the dead. Such a disparate descriptions. Was there hope for him? He feels with overwhelming rejection. He feels as if he has been abandoned alone, left alone to die by both God and man. In verse 6 to 8, this is what we read. You have put me in the depths of pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves, Selah. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. Of course, the Lord will not abandon his own people, although he allows problems and circumstances so hard and difficult for us to to bear, but we cannot really accuse God that he will change because he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But his perceptions here were that he was abandoned by both God and man. And he expressed this, that the wrath of God lies heavy upon him. We don't know really what, what he did, that the wrath of God was heavy upon him, and that he felt that he was drowning. All the waves were upon him, covering him, overwhelming him. And not only that, but his companions, people who are close to him, abandoned or left him. And it is an, I mean, unimaginable of how desperate, how lonely, how, how he felt the rejection here. And yes, there are times that we are emotionally down like this. And maybe as you listen to this podcast or this devotional, you feel that even you're surrounded by people, there are people around you, but you feel that you are alone, rejected. And you are tempted to believe the lie that God has abandoned you. Just like this psalmist, he felt that way. And the good thing about it is that 
whatever he has in his heart, he expressed this to God. We can express anything to God, just like this psalmist. He needs God's saving power urgently. Otherwise, it would be too late. In verse 9 to 12, we read, My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. And he asked these four rhetorical questions. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Selah, is your steadfast love declared in the grave? Or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in, in the darkness? Or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? These four rhetorical questions he asked need no answers. The answers are obvious, are they not? God will be always faithful, righteous. He's always compassionate. And he will show it all the time. But he was asking here, are you still compassionate and righteous? And do you still love me? Um, if I am in the grave, could I declare that? Of course, this, these questions are not asked in order to prove that God is untrue to these characters and traits of God. The psalmist is implored to continue to live in order to worship God. Lord, let me live because I want to declare that you are righteous, that you are full of steadfast love. Looking back, the writer sees that all his life he has had nothing but suffering. He said that in verse 13 to 15, yet God still seems to ignore him. He was really desperate to say all this in verse 13 to 15. But I, O Lord, cried to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. In his experience, it seems that God has deliberately attacked him, crushed him with sorrow, taking away from him even the comfort of friends. In verse 16 to 18, Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me. Together, you have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. These statements of the psalmist can, will, will bring us to the Lord Jesus Christ when he expresses this kind of pain when he was alone, hanging at the cross, when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Although he understood it, when he prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane, he understood everything. He knew that he is going to suffer. When in fact he asked, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup of sufferings pass from me. But because this is your will, I will obey you. But in the midst of pain, he was able to cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt that he was abandoned during the time just because of the wrath of God that he experienced. This psalm, although 
of the great despair of the psalmist or the writer. He does not turn away from God, but brings his burden to him in prayer daily. In verse 13, he expressed, But I, O Lord, cry out, cry out to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Even the first two verses, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. We realize that the posture of daily praying is what God is after in our lives. It's the wisdom why God allows us to go through despair. Now, this is not sour graving. I believe that when God allows the pain, sometimes unbearable, sometimes it's hard really to survive, and we go on a daily basis. Why? Why God allows this? I think one of the wisdoms or one of the reasons that God allowed this is because he wants us to be on our knees all the time. Just like the psalmist, I cry unto you day and night. And God delights us when we have all this or we have this posture of prayer moment by moment to depend upon him so that every day we will look back and say, Lord, thank you for another day that passed by. It's all by your grace. Otherwise, I won't survive. Another day, we can look unto God, desperate of our needs, and God will give us the grace that we can also look back and say, Lord, thank you for another day. This daily basis of praying, the posture of praying, pleases God. May it be that we will be men and women of prayer. Let us pray. Father, we we don't know what was the situation, why this psalmist was full of so much despair, felt that he was alone, rejected and abandoned, even felt that you abandoned him. But thank you, dear Father, because at the end of the day, he was on his knees, praying fervently, faithfully. And Lord, thank you for our problems. Thank you for the cares of this world. Not because we love it. We feel the pain, Lord. We don't like, Lord. We, we find no pleasantness and delight on pains and sufferings and burdens of life. But you allow it for the reason that we need to depend upon you. So that your, your grace and mercies will experience, Lord, on a daily basis. Thank you for this truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.